It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. D'Angelo stays out there too long, maybe. A lead pass. Uh-oh, it's off a stick. Tippett is racing for it. Nice job by Carlson to steal. Eric Carlson moves up the ice, and then he stick handles. That was D'Angelo getting back. Maybe got a piece of it, and EK65 lost control. Hurdles, the only guy back. D'Angelo moving in. Three on one. It's Perbroff moving behind the net. D'Angelo shoots, and he scores! Anthony D'Angelo wins it for the Flyers in dramatic fashion at one minute and ten seconds of overtime. Flyers four, Sharks three, San Jose gets one point. Oh, I, you know, one of the things I think last game was really a microcosm of our season in so many ways because I thought, you know, as we talked about yesterday uh, when we got here to the hotel, I mean, you know, you look at, as I was meeting with him yesterday, I looked around the room and I'm looking at all these faces. I thought, well, he had a pretty good night and he had a pretty good night and he had a pretty good night and he had a pretty good night. But at the end of the day, everybody did something along the lines that, you know, a mistake ended up in the back of our net. Not everybody, but a lot of guys that had good nights made untimely mistakes. And, you know, to me, one of our problems as a group is we don't stare victory in the face. I think, uh, you know, when we get in a situation, whether it be three to one or three to two and we're up, too often, we don't embrace the challenge. And I think if you're going to be a winning hockey team, that's what you have to do. You got to take those opportunities. You got to embrace it. You got to enjoy the process of putting the team away and winning a hockey game. And you know, I don't know whether it's because of our 0-5 start and we've always kind of felt like we've been chasing it all year, but, you know, we just haven't had that feel. And it's going to happen. I don't know whether it's going to happen tonight or Sunday night or February or March. It's going to happen. I just don't know when. And, you know, we've shown some signs of it, but just not from a consistency aspect. All right, that is the game losing goal, I guess I should call it, for the Sharks the other night against Philadelphia. And then head coach David Quinn bringing us back in as the Sharks get prepared to go against some familiar faces like Joe Pavelski and the one and only Peter DeBoer. I don't want to go too long about the Sharks in the last game, but it was the good of the Sharks and the bad of the Sharks, and they found a way to lose. And that was ultimately what we saw and what we hope we don't see much more of this year. But let's get into some Dallas Stars talk. All right, we are now joined on the Sharks Audio Network by Saad Youssef, who covers the Dallas Stars for The Athletic. Saad, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing great. No complaints coming out of the holiday break. Nice, man. That is... uh, Always a good place to be, and I feel like this should be an entertaining game tonight for a, a number of reasons, just because the Sharks are, are better on the uh, on the road than they are at home. But what what's your 30,000-foot view on Dallas this year? Like, what, what should Sharks fans know going into this game? I think the biggest thing, you know, especially coming out of recent, uh, you know, recent seasons is the fact that this offense is actually well and alive, and it's kicking, and they, they're scoring goals, and... Uh, and uh, it's, you know, but but I think the biggest thing for me, honestly, especially I would say in the last month or month and a half is the kind of balance that they've struck. I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, they were high flying offense and they were getting a little leaky on defense. 
but now they're really restoring that balance. They're they're solid defensively. They have a really good netminder who, you know, the Sharks are going to see tonight in Jake Ottinger. And, you know, you, they have that top line, which, uh, you know, I'm sure for Sharks fans, a little bit of a sour note um, is headlined by, you know, Joe Pavelski and his uh, two young young mates of Rope Hintz and uh, Jason Robertson. So I think the combination of all that stuff is kind of, you know, what's riding with the stars. Yeah, the, the plus 30 goal differential is the second best in the NHL, the only team better off the top of my head, uh, I believe is Boston, unless I'm forgetting that. But I mean, this, yes. I mean, that's indicative of, you know, them. I've seen a lot of games where I've been like, wow, Dallas handily won again. Did you expect them to be this good this year? Because I, I thought they would be good, but there were a lot of questions after last year. And, and this is, I mean, they're playing really, really well right now. Yeah, no, I, I definitely didn't expect, expect them to be this good um, this early. I thought, you know, once, once Pete DeBoer really was able to unravel and unwind some of the um, some of the tendencies that they had already you know really set in stone among these players, because remember there was, there hasn't been a whole lot of roster turnover uh, either for the Stars. It's just a lot of the same guys that are just playing really well. Uh, probably headlined by you know Jamie Ben and Joe Pavel or Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, who have kind of been restored a little bit. So no, I didn't expect them to be this well. And to be honest, I don't think I really bought into it too much until just a couple weeks ago when they went on a road trip, played well in Pittsburgh, lost that game, but then beat the Devils, yep. beat the Cap, beat a hot Caps team, um, went to overtime against a good Carolina team, and then beat Columbus. And I think that's kind of when, you know, I really kind of bought into, you know, what they were selling this season. The one thing that I was thinking about um, is with Pete DeBoer, it kind of reminded me of what he did when he first came to the Sharks. And you alluded to, like, he unwound a lot of the things that they were doing wrong previously and kind of set them on the right path. Um, you know, what what have you seen from DeBoer, and what are your reactions to him now as the head coach? Well, I think DeBoer, one thing is that he has, he knows exactly what he wants. I think players really appreciate that, and I think it's really easy to follow. Um, he's, he's also pretty genuine and honest um, when he kind of talks about what he's looking for. And, you know, we, I actually talked to him this morning about this uh, at, at Morning Skate. And it's that, you know, while he is trying to implement his system and his ways, the Stars are still winning. And when you're able to do that and you're able to show your players that, hey, what I'm trying to sell to you is actually getting results, I think that goes a long way. And he said that as well this morning. He said that's, that's been a huge role of why the team has bought in. But, yeah, my overall look on Pete has just been, you know, how genuine and honest he's been with the locker room and with the players, they know exactly what he's looking for. It's a very merit-based system where that hasn't always been the case in Dallas in recent years where Mm -hmm. veterans got a lot of preferential treatment. That's not really happening. If you're good, if you're playing well, whether you're a 19-year-old Wyatt Johnston or you're a 38-year-old Joe Pavelski, you're going to you're going to basically get your due in that way. Uh, you know, talking about Ottinger, I remember we were on the phone last year. I want to say when the news came down that Ben Bishop was going to retire. I mean, in terms of watching the rise of an Ottinger, uh, you know, how surprising has this been for you? That, that's not been very surprising to me at all. You know, I've been I've been following him since I've been covering him since he was in the AHL, and and you know, he's just built different. And when I say he's built different, I'm not really talking about his body. I'm talking about between the years, not overly confident, cocky way. And I think for goaltenders, that uh, there's a lot to that. Um, I think for all players, there's a lot to that. But with goaltenders in particular, I think how they how they react to bad games and you know bad goals and things like that. Jake is actually really interesting. Where if he lets in a bad goal, 
you know, we saw it with Anton Hudobin in Dallas, where if a bad goal got let in, that usually opened up the floodgates. Where with Jake Ottinger, it usually tightens him up even more, and he and he shuts things down even more. So it's almost like, you know, I, I wrote about this the other day, the other day. I wrote a feature on him after his game in Minnesota, and he's just, you know, he's a player that he he enjoys playing the villain role. He he's he's been very open before. He wants more shots on goal against him than than not like. Uh, talking about the defensive uh, effort in front of him, he relishes road games way more than home games. So that's what I mean. He's just built different, you know, and I think he, uh, he he's enjoying the opportunity that he has. In terms of looking at Joe Pavelski and what he is still doing at his, I don't even like to say advanced age because I feel like his style of game is one that can go on for a while. I mean, yeah, he plays tough below the hash mark, so that's always you know going to bring risk. And believe me, I saw him, you know, take a screamer to the face and lose teeth in a, uh, in a playoff game. So there are inherent risks, but you know, he's, it's not like he's relying on his speed with Pavelski. It's between the years too. And it's, he, you know, he knows where to be. He knows how to position himself. He knows exactly what to do in so many distinct situations throughout the game, especially on the offense event. Yeah. And you know, I came to San Jose in April at the end of last season. And I talked to a bunch of guys to, when I was working on a, feature story on him and and one thing you know I had a really good conversation with Brent Burns at the time and what Burns told me was you know he was laughing when he said it but there's an inch of truth to this too and and Pete DeBoer agrees Brent Burns said you can't lose a step if you've never had one (laughs) and that that's kind of what he says about Pavelski and how he's able to maintain his play at 38 is that Pavelski's game hasn't really changed too much throughout he was never the fastest guy he was never a guy that relied so much on skating and you know, all these other things. So his game hasn't evolved a ton and uh, it's just gotten better and better at what he's always been good at, which is thinking the game really well. And, you know, obviously I think, you know, he's, I would say arguably the best of all time uh, when it comes to being in front of the net and working the, working the net front. So I think he's still doing those things in Dallas the same way that he was doing in San Jose for all those years. Yeah. I mean, do you see any signs of him, you know, slowing down or losing a step? I mean, I know Burns said hard to lose a step if you don't have one, but I do feel like when I'm watching Joe Pavelski, if you had told me it was, you know, 2014 versus, you know, 2022, I would not have been able to tell the difference other than the, the hairstyle and the uniform. Yeah, and you, you know, I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head right now, but I remember a, a couple of weeks back, someone, had, you know, on Twitter mentioned to me like, "Oh, it looks like Pavelski is actually like slowing down a little bit." And I and I and I did the projection for points, and he's actually on pace to set a career high in points. This <laughs> is as of a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't know where he's at now, but I, I just responded to the person. I was like, you know, it's funny because last year he set a, a new career high in points, and this year he was on pace to top that. So. Um, no, there's no really signs of him slowing down. And honestly, um, what the stars are getting out of Joe Pavelski is so critical. The way that he's mentoring these young guys, um, you know, Wyatt Johnston, the stars, 19 year old rookie lives in Joe Pavelski's house. Um, and tied to Landria, his game has evolved so much to look like Pavelski. I mean, if I think if you look at the Dallas stars last, uh, two or three games and you look at all the goals, I think 80% of their goals have been net front tips and it's come from Wyatt Johnston, Ty Delandria, Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski, Jamie Ben, just the influence that Pavelski has on this roster while, while doing what he's doing on the ice as well has just been incredible. If we look at the central division this year, 
Is this what you were expecting to see? Did you think Winnipeg was going to rise? I, I don't think you thought that uh, that the Abs were going to have the fall off that they were. I think we all expected a little bit more from Nashville. Like, how are you kind of viewing things now versus where they were at the start of the season? Yeah, I think Winnipeg is a big surprise for me. You know, especially after covering bonus for a couple of years, I didn't know how that style would translate to the Jets. Um, that was a surprise for me for sure. Uh, as really aren't that surprising when you look at the roster, right? I mean, how banged up they are. Yeah. I still think the Colorado Avalanche are the class of the division. I still think they're going to be the best team, whether they finish as the top team in the standings or not come playoff time. When, you know, when Landis Gog and Val Nachushkin, who recently came back, and all these guys come back, Nathan McKinnon, every, everybody's healthy and everything. I think they're still the best team in the division. Uh, I don't want to say by far, but by a, by a decent margin. So, um, I think Winnipeg has been the most surprising team, team to me, to be honest. In terms of the West, what has your take have been? And of all the teams that Dallas has played, you know, who are the top teams that you, you think are out there? Well, it's really funny when you look at the coaching carousel, right? Because Vegas is on top of the division, on top of their division, <laughs> after letting go of Pete DeBoer. Right. And the, the Stars are on top of their division after snatching Pete DeBoer. Uh, Jim Montgomery has the Boston Bruins on top of the league and the division. Um, and that's after, you know, just after a couple of years that the stars had to let him go for non-hockey reasons. And then bonus is surprising in Winnipeg. So it's just really interesting when you look at even like, you know, the Jets or the, the Vegas Golden Knights. I do think in the West, they're probably the best team. Um, and, you know, Bruce Cassidy's done a really great job. But, yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty competitive conference overall. And I think, you know, it, a lot of it comes down to just how you're playing in the moment. And by the way, just to go back to the Central Division real quick, because the Winnipeg has actually has not been the biggest surprise. The biggest surprise has been the uh, the down and, and just how how much they've fallen. So um, I, I think, yeah, I think when you look at the conference and the division, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, it, it will be interesting. I'm curious. I can't remember off the top of my head. Has Dallas played Vegas yet? No, they'll, they'll be in Vegas in a couple of weeks. Yeah, they, see, that's the one that I'm looking because I couldn't remember a game. Like, that's that's the one that I'm really excited to see because there are a number of storylines and in going into that. I mean, I'm sure you've watched a Vegas game so far this year. Are you a believer in them? Because my take going into the year was very much in the sense of, like, they have a very high ceiling, but I have big questions about their net minding, and I have big questions about how they were going to absorb Bruce Cassidy's system and how it was going to work out. And they passed it all with flying colors, and they also had that, that Jack Eichel fellow, perhaps you've heard of him, he came <laughs> in healthy. And, you know, last year people were kind of on the fence on him. I was like, guys, he had the surgery. He's in a new – I'm like, let's let's take a – you know, cool the Jets on writing him off. Let's see what happens when he gets a healthy offseason. And sure enough, Vegas – they to me they have played to their to their ceiling and that's you know that they're an exciting team I know Sharks fans won't want to hear me say that but I am excited to see them play the Dallas you know the Stars I want to see more of these big time matchups in the West because things are a little bit more curious and it's kind of the sense of like with both Dallas not that I think Dallas and Vegas are not quote unquote for real but it's like let's see what happens when these two teams meet who I think you know are, are a bit of a surprise in terms of being their division leaders. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm a believer. I, I think of all the things you said, I, I you know, I was, I was right there with you coming into the season. And I think the biggest thing for me was really the questions about their net mining is, is kind of where, you know, my biggest concern for Vegas was. And I think they've done a good job. They, they've been, they've, you know, been settled in there. And so um, I agree. I think, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun when Vegas and Dallas play each other. Um, and I'm still, like I said, you know, before, I'm most excited for when the Colorado Avalanche are fully healthy and seeing, 
you know, they just have so many special talents on that team. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think they're still the class of the Western Conference. What's your take on the Sharks right now? You know, I mean, it, it, there's definitely growing pains. And I think, you know, when you look at, you know, what they did in the offseason, um, saying goodbye to Brent Burns, and, you know, even even if you want to go back a few years, saying saying goodbye to Joe Pavelski. And, you know, they've kind of been in this in this kind of, churn of trying to figure out the new the, the next wave and then and you know i think for them to have logan there to kind of you know uh spell it all in and and, and everything is is a good thing but but i but i do think that like you know it's a team in transition and whether it's the coaching staff whether it's the roster um obviously a new management as well i think all that stuff kind of spells to that i i think you know next year and the year after you're, there should be a little bit more um, you know, excitement about that. There's a reason why, you know, the GM Mike Greer is uh, in, in at World Juniors instead of in Dallas for the game because you know that that is where the focus is right now for the Sharks. I, I'm curious because obviously there's not a whole lot in San Jose to talk about this year beyond Eric Carlson, but you know he is having a great season. He's right, on pace. Right, absolutely. You know, are hockey circles that you're around are they talking about him too, or are we just a little insulated in the Bay Area and there's not many other good stories with the Sharks right now? No, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a shame on me that I even forgot to mention him. He's absolutely the top story. And, you know, it's really interesting in, in, uh, in Dallas, the uh, Arrow Carlson conversation, because there was actually a lot of chatter in 2018 about trading Miro Haskin and for Eric Carlson. And, and that trade never actually uh, materialized or happened. But to see what Carlson is doing is just so special, especially, you know, when you look at the consistency that he's putting up with the offensive numbers, I think that's, it, it's remarkable. And, you know, I think, um, you know, it, it's unfortunate that it is kind of on a team that, you know, is not going to be going anywhere, but, uh, but Eric Carlson has just been a joy to watch and is definitely, you know, what I'm looking most forward to tonight as well. In terms of the game tonight, Sharks fans know that the thing to watch for is the big turnovers. That's been their bugaboo this year, you know, just blind passes from behind their own net into the slot to turn it over or just, you know, plays of that nature where you're just giving it up in your own end. What should Sharks fans be aware of with the Stars that's indicative of them playing the style of game that they want to play? I think the first shift uh, that the Stars play in a game has really become like kind of like the hallmark of, of how at least the first period, if not the game, is going to go. Really? And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when they come out on fire in that first shift, um, it just it just in a weird way just sets the tone. And, and you know, Pete DeBoer has also done the thing where – you know, I think he's noticed that too. So he really puts out the top line or the stars have had a really, really strong third line um, uh, with Jamie Ben, Wyatt Johnson and Mason Marchman. Um, I think the first couple of minutes of the game is something that you really want to look out for. And then the second period, I mean, my goodness, the stars in the second period have literally lost games and won games <laughs> in that period alone. Uh, you know, the first and third period have almost played supporting roles in the game to what the second period has been for the stars interesting well awesome Saad. i appreciate your time as always enjoy the game have a happy new year and i'll bug you again soon all right man all right thanks for having me again that was Saad yusuf of the athletic joining us here on the sharks audio network as we get ready for tonight's game against dallas the final game or i guess i should say this afternoon's game but the final game of the 2022 calendar year and you know, we would never have seen some aspects of this season coming, and I'm curious to see what the entirety of 2023 has to offer for the San Jose Sharks and for the Sharks Audio Network as we continue to grow, we continue to put out more content, 
and we continue to strive for more and better coverage. All right, that wraps things up. Be sure to join us at 4.30 for live pregame coverage ahead of tonight's game against the Stars, and then things will get underway at 5 right here on the Sharks Audio Network. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.